Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, where we talk about musicals and what they teach us. I am Zane C. Webber, and sitting with me at the table today are Julie Eisentrager, Miranda Selwood, and our super special guest, actor, writer, filmmaker, friend of dogs everywhere, Matthew Hannibal Butler. Matthew Hannibal Butler. See, you get to introduce yourself. I couldn't forget that your middle name is... Not, not Hannibal. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know. This is what I do. How are we all feeling? Oh, Dandy. pretty good. Dandy. Pretty good. <laughs> Swell. Swell. Mm. Excellent. Well, Matthew has brought to the table the 1965 musical Man of La Mancha. And if you haven't heard the show, you That's have what at it least like. <laughs> you have at least heard one of the songs, which is done by everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is now a standard. Uh, so, but before we get into that, we have a get to know you quiz. Oh, goody! And so you get to answer all these questions, these very personal questions about yourself. Jolly good. Okay. So, question number one. Oh wait. What? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you're here. That's right. Sorry. I'm, I keep forgetting. I, I just, I take like two episodes off <laughs> and suddenly I've been written out of the intro to this whole segment. Technically, you're never written in. You just kind of penciled yourself <laughs> in there. So by all means. Oh, uh, my God. That is not how it happened. Look, I'm accepting the note. Please proceed with your <laughs> introduction. you. Thank you. No, oh, you may proceed. A, a was very it? I was a short, short one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Matthew, mm-hmm. which musical character would other people compare you to? That's a very fine question. I've been struggling it for many moons. I would like to think, because like, I asked my brother this, and he gave me a really nice answer. He said, the Pirate King from Pirates of Penzance. And I said, that's too nice. So <laughs> too nice? <laughs> Stop too nice. being nice to yeah, me. Give me the real answer. So... I was thinking someone like Zazu from The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe the 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 chief of police from Pirates of Penzance. Oh, Ooh. same. It's not quite as nice. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I did not consider that. I just earlier yeah. today I was calling you a goofball. You were indeed. And well, I, then it sounds like it fits. I don't know you particularly well, so I'm sorry I can't contribute more to the conversation. And here I but think, I think we made a connection. I'm sorry. But maybe one day, maybe one day you'll become the king of the pirates. Maybe one day. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to 
a easier question, hopefully. Indeed. Yeah. So which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? I would like to be compared to King Arthur from Camelot, played specifically by Richard Harris because he leaps around the place and is kind of manic like myself late at night when nobody's watching. Cool. But he does it on stage with a lot of people watching. He does. Okay. I'll accept it. I'm half of Richard Harris is still pretty good. I mean, there are a lot of characters (laughs) that jump around on stage. The left or right? (laughs) Asking the real questions over here. (laughs) The left. Good side. Challenge mode. Jeez. Okay. Uh, So what is your dream role? Uh, actually, it's the Pirate King from Pirates of Penzance because I was introduced to that musical when I was three by my grandma. And yeah, I, she's always thought I should play that role. I dress up as Halloween as the Pirate King. How old were you when she said you should play that role? Uh, I think she started saying that when I was like seven. Yeah. It's a so, base. So I think yeah. seven yeah. is a good age to become a pirate. Yeah, well, I pretty much was by that point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's how it went when Fred was yeah. enlisted. Fred was wasn't a kid. He? He was seven. By accident? I knew, I, he was older than I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, I don't l- remember. Back to last week, <laughs> we talked yeah. about it such a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what's your favourite Sondheim musical? Ah, that would have to be uh, the Sw- Sweeney Todd Barber of Fleet Street Demon Barber, I should say. Uh-huh. You got almost all the words of the title mm. in there. It's well a long done. one. It's a long title. <laughs> bah, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what's your go-to shower song? Uh, the Way You Look Tonight, as Fred Astaire did it in uh, the movie Swing Time, I think it was. Oh, yeah, Like that tempo. But um, what happens Frank's about halfway specific. through, I get bored and I do the Frank Sinatra on, which is a bit more upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Okay, so the controversial one. Excluding cats. Mm-hmm. Oh, is, are we officially excluding cats yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. Because everyone says, Nine lives someone's out. already done it. So uh, I think Nine Lives, it's gone. What musical, if you had to delete one from existence, would you delete? <laughs> well, actually, I thought you had omitted all Andrew Lloyd Webber from the, like... No, that's, to be that's excessive. Okay, fair enough. Well, I had prepared, to, prepared two answers for this in case of that eventuality. <laughs> I prepared uh, Love Never Dies because it is a bastardization of the as a sequel to Gaston Laurie's original book. Like, it completely misinterprets The Phantom and what it was all about. So I, I just, don't think you're going to find much argument at the table. So no, God, not even no. I deleted Phantom of the Opera, so you can... <laughs> the, the sequel's the right sequel, out. The sequel would make no sense without the original. <laughs> well, it's just worked out for the best then. And uh, also, it's Always Fairweather, which is actually an MGM musical with Gene Kelly. And I would. Why do you hate it so much? It's depressing. Okay, <laughs> it's got such a, a lovely name. Movies. Like a good ninety percent of musicals. Mm-hmm. Depressing. Oh my god! But you go. Les Mis was a great time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> At least Les Mis has a bit of optimism in it. I mean, <laughs> it's always fair weather, does it? It's it a lovely doesn't. title. It's a beautiful <laughs> title. And Gene Kelly's a lovely dancer. I mean, I've never seen it. Man of La Mancha isn't a barrel of laughs. No, it is not. Well, it's got that it's, one. No, it's a barrel. Oh, it's a barrel. Z's for me. (laughs) It's just a barrel. Okay, well, let's take a break and come back and talk some more. (laughs) All right, so 
what can you tell us about the history of Man of La Mancha? All right, it's it's kind of a weird history. It's because kind of, no one really knows about it too much, but it was revived heaps of times. So, five times? Yeah, on Broadway? Um, I think it was revived uh, four times. Oh, four times, and then the original production. Yeah. Four too many times. And, um, and then it had like the film <laughs> adaptation. And We're getting controversial really early, Miranda. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. It's got some. It, it's got that one great song in it. It's great. One I great think, song. I think there are a few good it has songs. One great song. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Well, no, there's a few. There's oh, a few. No, like, and the the concept of the story is is dramatic. It's great for theatre. It's okay. rather clever too. I would yeah. say. Oh, well, let's get let's get it out on the table. Mm-hmm. Matthew obviously likes this musical. I am a fan, although I admit it is bizarre. <laughs> I like this musical. I think it suffers for being written when it was, and mm. it has not aged well at all. Um, but I, but I do think it's a really interesting text. I listening back to it now and reading through the synopsis, like it it really kind of uh, reminded me of You're in Town. With that kind of like framing at the start and then the actual story to put forward a philosophical notion and then the framing at the end, talking directly to the audience basically. So, yeah. (laughs) I do concur. So we're boys versus girls today. Basically. (laughs) It's okay because I have the quest on my side. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, That is, of course, a reference to Man of La Manca. Yeah, we'll go, go listen to it. All right, so Man of La Manca started out actually as a non-musical teleplay and, yep. and it was written in 1965, I think. And it was co- because uh, the corporates that were releasing it thought people wouldn't understand Man of La Manca. It was originally called I, Don Quixote, which is a reference to the title song and its lyrics. And then... Um, yeah, and then years after that television broadcast, which featured Eli Wallach from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly as Sancho, which I thought was really good casting, mm. um, a guy named Albert Mayer called uh, the producer Wasserman and suggested that he turn his play into a musical. And then Mitch Lay was selected as a composer with orchestrations by Carlisle W. Hall. And I googled Mitch Lay and he really had, didn't do much beyond Man of La All three of these guys are really mostly known for this show and nothing else. Uh, Lay and the... Uh, not Lay, Wasserman and the... Who, who did the music? Mitch Lee. Yeah. Lee uh, have done a lot of Hollywood stuff and mm. like TV stuff, never much on Broadway and they never really went back. Um, so Lee went on and did a few other musicals, but no other big names or very successful ones. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think one of the reasons why it's like, say this play has so many enemies, especially with the musical, with the music, is uh, the score didn't use any violins or many strings at all except for... Oh, really? I think it was they used flamenco guitars yeah. as like a main melody and I think they used uh, a double bass and nothing else. It was all I woodwinds. Feel like they must have put more strings into the revival orchestration. Mm. They did. Yeah. yeah. Very good yeah. pick. So. Also it, not the problem I have with this music. Yeah. I'm fine with the no violin thing. It, didn't well, it, it won yeah. best score. It Best did. original score. It won. When? It won. And it's, it won the Tony that year. And, and, and it's well, original. I guess it was musically. It was fairly. Uh, I don't know. The the use of the Spanish elements was prominent. Original. Yeah. 
<laughs> original is a good way to like describe the show at least. Uh, yeah, it was interesting actually in 1966 in the Tonys. It kind of swept awards-wise. It won Best Musical, Best Performance, Best Direction for a Musical, Best Original Score. Best Chor- uh, it got nominated for Best Choreography but didn't win. Best Scenic Design, which is very interesting, and Best Costume Design was nominated. Uh, the create that sort of the technical creative I can understand because yeah. Like, yeah. it was interesting. I'm surprised by that yeah. it won for music but or best musical. Mm, but it's kind of like once they saw the show, everyone was kind of done with it because it was just like an original, fresh thing, and then yeah. they just kind of moved on because it got nominated a bunch of times, like in say 1977, but no one ever won anything for it again. Oh no! How dare you! But um, yeah. And I found uh, it winning for Best Scenic Design was interesting because in 1966, it's all set in the dungeon and all of the Don Quixote, La Manca bits are kind of imagined by the prisoners. So they're imagined by the audience as well. Mm. And, mm. and it was only in future adaptations that they kind of brought in more props to do the La Manca. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, again, we, we're coming up against a show within a show. Yeah. So bloody show. But it's not a show. A technically like a musical, and it's not like Broadway, and it's not. It's just uh, a story Still being a show, told a show. within within a another show. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's almost Shakespearean in that everyone has like two names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Yeah. I have this, this character in in this story, and then I have this other character in the story within the story. Yeah. Which, if you listen to the soundtrack, you're like, I swear to God, that was the same woman a second ago. Like, don't listen to the soundtrack before you actually read the synopsis because it makes no sense. Well, yeah, it it just just weird. give you a little bit of context. The '66 Tony Awards that it won at it was up against Mame, Skyscraper, and Sweet Charity. What the actual? <laughs> For I th- duty. I think the other three were very not. I think it won because of its. It was up of, against Mame and Sweet Charity, and yeah. it still didn't win best. They, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's flabbergasted. <laughs> I think I think it won because it was the other the other three are not very deep musicals. They're very entertaining musicals. They are they're very entertaining. Very, sorry. Oh, deep, deep musicals. musicals. Mm. That's kind of why um, I go to a musical. Yeah, and that's, they're very entertaining. But Man of the Mantra is, of course, a philosophical treatise or whatever. So, what a whirlwind of a time. <laughs> based, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but it's based, of course, on Don, Don Miguel de Cervantes' uh, book, Don Quixote. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, mm. but it's not strict to that text. No, it is not a direct adaptation of either Cervantes' life or um, the book um, Don Quixote. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of framed as a story about Cervantes telling this story to justify his existence. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a weird mashup of most of part one of Don Quixote and the end of like the book, which mm. is... Which is an interesting choice, but I think they captured the essence of the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant novel. The content that <laughs> yes, it, is. it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, anything else? Um, well, we've got this big old strength timeline here, but I think it pretty much covered it all. In 1972, it was made into a film with Peter O'Toole. Uh, he could not sing, so they mm. had another guy do a dub Simon for him. Simon Gilbert dubbed it for him. There you go. And um, that's actually the movie that introduced me to the play. Yeah. Yeah, and 
since then it's been revived a few times, um, a few times, like uh, in 2014 and 15, there was production with Anthony Warlow and um, Amber Iman, or Iman. And I don't know, so don't look at me for yeah. clarification on that one. But yeah, that's pretty much the deal with it. It made the career of Richard Kiley with his Tony Award, and yep. that was his big breakout. Has also been translated into heaps of other languages. Yeah, yeah. So it's been staged a butt time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, like, it is. It is oh, really so many. one of the a really popular musical to tour. Mm. Yeah. Baffles me. I I think it sits in this this place between dare I say it, Julie's going to get angry at me, and opera like theatricality, <laughs> and a very simple, accessible. Yeah. Like Rogers and Hammerstein yeah. show. You're looking for a smack. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it appeals. It can appeal to both those audience sets. Actually, the traditional musical theatre and the I opera and operetta audience appeal more to an opera audience. Yeah, it, opera light rather uh, than. I mean, esque. Opera esque. An opera esque audience, or it's opera esque. It's op- it's to oh, appeal no, it's to not opera esque. It's just like a classical sound. But I think it appeals to those kind of people that really like that warble nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but also in the in the story content, I mean, that's mm. operas tend to have a slightly more heightened level of like fantasy. And... Is it the opera they do in Phantom of the Opera, Don Quixote? It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Don well, there you Quixote, go. Yeah. Don Juan. Don Juan. Don Juan. Do, Don Juan's different from Don Quixote. Oh, no. sorry. Yeah. I've got my Don's confused. Don's. Yeah. Isn't that but the guy that remember, made the hand? If it's Don, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> right. Okay. What the well, that? Uh, that was Julie and I making a ham joke. It doesn't really carry over onto a podcast, does it? <laughs> The hand joke yeah. is Don is good. Yeah, no, you oh, should have ignored right. our finger gestures that were up. The it. gestures had nothing to <laughs> do with That was just our love. You're going to cut all that out, right? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to let the audience know exactly what I have to deal with. Record. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let's let's take a take a break and come back with uh, the plot and characters of the, of uh, Man of a Bunch and more finger gestures. Hooray. Talk about the plot of Men of La Mantra. I don't really want to. Can you do it? Yes, okay. I can. I can. I can do it. I have recently watched it and listened to it. Aww. I'm well versed. Commiserations. I don't mind it. I find it entertaining. Like there are some of the songs that I skip now because they are just excessively repetitive. Which songs? All of them. I'm only thinking of him. <laughs> Yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, that one, that's really we'll, gets we'll on We'll get nerves. to talking about the music. Don't <laughs> I, I worry about I listened to that song at work once and I like shouted in the middle of my workplace just because it drove me up the wall. <laughs> just keeps going and then it reprises. Yeah. Yep. Again and again. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, so Man of a Muncher is all about an aging, I, I guess he's an aging nobleman. Is yeah. He in, yeah, so he's a nobleman, um, Alonzo, who has basically read a lot about chivalry and honor and and basically goes mad and imagines himself as a knight, uh, Don Quixote. 
You with me so far? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's yep. just that the confusing point of so there's a guy who it starts off in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm explaining the the beginning of the story within a story, so yeah. that I can then refer back to what's what prompts yeah. the story. It's mm. just that that actor plays two characters, yes. but one of them has two names. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's like he's, he's playing, playing three, three characters. characters. Correct. And my brain is exploding. (laughs) Okay, well, let's start off in the prison. Cervantes has been arrested for The author of the book. The author of the book, who is the main character who is arrested. He's thrown into prison for foreclosing on a monastery by Mm. the Spanish Inquisition. Mm. And he's thrown (laughs) into prison with all these other prisoners with all of his stuff. So he has his manservant and a chest of things. He's thrown into prison with all his stuff, like his manservant and his chest of things. Well, he and his manservant are arrested, thrown into prison. I would not be so worried about going to prison with my stuff and my manservant. (laughs) Get to bring your whole bedroom. (laughs) You got a manservant, Julie? Yeah, Mr. Efron. Well, before we get to casting, uh, (laughs) immediately all the other prisoners like take all his stuff. And they really want to burn this manuscript that he's written for warmth. And he said, No, seems fair. Let me let me keep the book. This is the one thing I want to keep. And so they hold a mock trial to see whether or not he can justify keeping the book. And this is where they play out the story in front of an honorary judge. Uh, who's one of the prisoners? Who's one of the prisoners? Mm-hmm. And okay. all the other players adopt characters of the it's show. A little bit Pippin-esque, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Except yeah. they don't present themselves as players. They present, yeah, they're kind of characters who yep. are playing another character. Yes, yeah. So that's the the presentation of the show. Uh, and then you get into the actual story about Alonso, who imagines himself to be a knight. He's actually a rather old, decrepit, unhealthy man. With his uh, his manservant and sidekick Sancho, yep, mm. and Sancho was just kicking about because he doesn't know why he likes him. He just does, just likes the guy. I really, really like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he does try to bring reality back to Quixote, but it doesn't really work. Then he goes and fights a windmill. Because he thinks, it's a, he, no, he thinks it's a giant with four arms. Yeah. So obviously oh, so he's well into this Is it dragons fiction. he's hunting for? That's later on he mentions dragons. Okay. But he thinks mm. the... So, and then he loses the fight with the windmill, of course. <laughs> and so he thinks he's lost it because he's not a proper knight. So he has to find a lord to knight him. He sees a castle in the distance and rides there. It is actually just an inn, which houses a bunch of brigands and a beer wench named Aldonza. Uh, beer wench and part-time prostitute. Part-time prostitute. You have yeah. to be part-time. Like you go do something at night, right? Apparently not all the men have enough money to pay her, but she'll only do it for money. Yeah, Only like the head of the brigands... Right. Has why yeah. didn't they pull their money and just get like one guy a real good night? Maybe um, um, I mean, that's something that you could put into your revival version. I think which I've just decided I'm going to do like a revival version with the Muppets. 
And that, you I might not watch. be the first to have done that, actually. <laughs> like Muppets in a weird socialist undertone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about <It's> the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Muppets always have a weird socialist undertone, don't they? So Don Quixote falls in love with Aldonza. Yeah. But he thinks she's a chaste maiden, Dulcinea, <laughs> and sings her love songs about... Loving her from afar, etc., etc., etc. They stay here, etc., and they, they're all they're all singing songs. I forget where I'm up to, but yeah. Um, so they stay for the. He wants to be knighted, so he has to do like a vigil over his armor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Before before he can be knighted, then he fights. He fights the brigands, doesn't he? He does, and. Yeah. He doesn't. He accidentally wins because <laughs> Alonso and Sancho are helping him, and so the 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 Lord, the innkeeper, mm-hmm. wants him to leave. Of course, because he's just knocked out all of his patrons. Uh, he refuses to leave until he makes a knight. So he knights him. Uh, knight the innkeeper, of, the, knight the innkeeper, of the, the yeah. lord, knight of terrible countenance, the knight of the woeful, countenance. woeful countenance. <laughs> there we go. And they leave to head back to Alonso's house. And this is where we presume interval is. Yes, this is where. If I was producing it, I would put an interval there. But according... I don't think you get to pick. It's usually in the script. Yeah, but apparently it's not listed <laughs> we're just, anywhere. We're just not sure in the script where it is. So if anybody has done Man of La Marcha <laughs> and they could let us know yeah, specifically we couldn't, we couldn't where it. the interval is, we'd love to know. Yeah. After this, okay, so there is another subplot in this musical mm-hmm. where his niece and <laughs> housekeeper have gone to a priest to see what to do about this mad uncle of theirs. Who thinks he's Don Quixote. Who thinks he's Don Quixote. Uh, the priest questioning them finds out that they're not so much concerned for him so much as the embarrassment that it brings on them. Right. Also, the niece's soon-to-be husband as a doctor uh, is quite disturbed about what this says about the family that he's marrying into and the priest convinces him that would be so good for his reputation to cure this madman, in inverted commas. Even this is he, starting to sound like Jekyll and Hyde now. <laughs> don't cure the madman. It always goes wrong. <laughs> no, don't become the madman. Well, that's what Jekyll was trying to... Anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, it's for his selfish reasons, not for to, not to cure the sick. Yeah. Mm. Then we come to the dark part of the, the play where the brigands wake up and they kidnap and rape Aldonza. Yes. I was not expecting that in the middle of that synopsis. Yep. It's quite unfortunate how it happens because... um, Any scenario leading up to rape is quite unfortunate. (laughs) That is very true. But this is particularly tragic because Don Quixote convinces her that after winning a battle, it's a knight's duty to take care of the fallen that you've defeated. So she takes care of them and for her trouble, she is abducted. Yeah. Yeah. So ba- <laughs> he and she both nurse them back to health, basically. Yeah. And then they're repaid. Man, I hate this musical. 
foot wide. Well, I'm starting I'm to see a lot more similarities with Jekyll and Hyde here. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Mm. Uh, this is very pre pre Jekyll and Hyde. Quite pre. Maybe mm-hmm. Jekyll and Hyde very. took the good bits. <laughs> <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde was just like, hey, let's take the, like the dirty bits of of Man on the March, make a whole new show. <laughs> um, and so this is where the show is interrupted. And one of the inmates in the real world prison where they're putting on a show to talk about the book, uh, one of the prisoners is taken against his will by the Inquisition <gasps> to, we assume, to stand trial and be found guilty and die. <laughs> Happy times. That's it, where the sequence mm. and tap shoes come in, right? Oh, that's about five minutes before that. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, actually, I, 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 I've never seen a production of this with sequins or taps. Yeah. That's, again, why I'm disinterested. <laughs> we'll put them in our revival, don't worry. When we get back into the story, uh, Quixote heads back to the inn and meets the the barber. That's when this happens. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, who's wearing a bowl on his head, who Quixote says is a magical helmet. And so we have a, a uh, the little barber bit. isn't wearing the bowl on his head. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he was he's wearing, wearing like he's a wearing hat. a shaving uh, bowl on his head because oh, it blocked yeah. the sun. And um, I I understood that Coyote uh, was wearing it on his head as a hat. Mm. I didn't realize that the barber was wearing it as a hat. Yeah, he was wearing it as a hat because he was traveling through the sun, so it was to block out the sun. Coyote uh, calls it the the golden. Whatever. Golden helmet of Mandrino. There we go. <laughs> the golden helmet of Mandrino. Or is it Mambrino? No, it's Mambrino. There's a whole song about it. Oh, how yeah. could I forget? It was actually the only song I liked. Yay. It was a cute song. It's, really it's the small song. victories, people. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is uh, a song that isn't really necessary. It's to... like the equivalent of Be Like a Bluebird and Anything Goes. Yeah. It's just there and it's... Cute. No, I think there's literally a bird song that's like tweet, tweet, bird, bird or something. Is there? Yeah, little bird. Little, little bird, little bird. bird. <laughs> that's the equivalent. <laughs> uh, so Coyote and Sancho uh, run into a band of gypsies who take advantage of his... For anyone who couldn't see it, uh, Zane just did gypsies in, in, in quotation marks. Well... I, I think I'm I just sure held why. up my hands. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought it was quotation marks. No. Uh, so the, the, the I take that back. canonical gypsies uh, and they take advantage of him and steal everything here, and including his horse and Sancho's donkey. <gasps> yeah. No. This what are they going to do the donkey? Pardon? What are they going to do that donkey? Uh, let's not think about it. <laughs> it's not part of the musical. Uh, so they're forced to return to the inn. Aldonza comes back. Uh, uh, beaten up and Coyote swears to avenge her but she doesn't want it. She doesn't want him telling her that she's beautiful and that she's this uh, perfect woman and she she sings a song about how terrible her life has been and why she doesn't want to be anything more than what she thinks she is. The hope hurts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is where another night enters. And announces himself as Don Quixote's mortal enemy, the Enchanter, who we have heard of just in words at the beginning of the show. Uh, And he calls himself the Knight of the Mirrors. He insults Aldonza and is challenged by Don Quixote when he gets his men to bring in shields with mirrors 
uh, to show Don Quixote exactly who he is, this old man, not in fact a knight and nothing more than that. That's rude. That knight then takes off his helmet, revealing himself to be the future nephew-in-law, the doctor curing Don Quixote of his madness by showing him the truth of the world and ridding him of his fantasy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, So then Cervantes announces that the story's finished as far as he's written it. And the prisoners don't like that. They want a happier ending. So they prepare to burn the manuscript. Uh, they don't. They didn't like it, so they're going to burn it. <laughs> All that, and they're going to burn it. Come well, on. then Cervantes says, "Look, Ugh. one more scene. Let me." And then makes it up on the fly. <laughs> uh, so, Alonso is in his bedroom, fallen into a coma. His daughter is not his daughter. His niece. Sancho, the housekeeper and the priest and nephew-in-law are all there and he tries uh, and Sancho tries to cheer them up. Quixote, oh, I'm sorry, Alonso wakes up um, and starts giving out his will when Aldonza comes in mm-hmm. and uh, tries to help him remember the good person that he was and thanks him for making a Dulcinea and et cetera, like et cetera. gently pressing her boobs up against him or something. Um, I think she sings to him in okay. the manner of musicals. Yep. All mm-hmm. right. That makes yep. sense. It's quite, quite inspiring. <laughs> well, she should have just tried pressing her boobs up against him. Uh, <laughs> uh, so she tries, she helps him remember the words to the impossible dream. And then he remembers everything, rises out of bed uh, and starts singing Man of La Mancha and then dies mid song. <laughs> Oh, the priest sings uh, the psalm, but uh, Alonza now believes in him so much that to her Don Quixote will always live. A man died, he seemed a good man, but I did not know him. Don Quixote is not dead. Believe, Sancho, believe, is a quote. And she calls herself Dulcinea after that. So that is the slightly bittersweet ending to an otherwise what otherwise would have been a terribly depressing story. Uh, But then the Inquisition enters to take Cervantes to his trial and the prisoners uh, find him not guilty and return his manuscript. Um, And then the Inquisition burns it anyway. (laughs) uh, Well, they go to their impending trial and uh, the prisoners sing the impossible dream and that's the end of the show. I'll say you never find out what happens. No. Well, considering that um, <laughs> the, the book was unfinished in the prison, I, I would hope he lived to finish the book. <laughs> you can assume. Yeah. No. I don't know. That makes an ass out of you and me, Zay. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever mm. wordplay, You never Julie. do expect what the Spanish Inquisition is going to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the story. Like, it is one... One real female role. There's the niece and the housekeeper get a little bit. Um, but again, there's only really two big male roles. Uh, and then the rest yeah. is bit parts about the place. Yeah. yeah. Ensemble of prisoners and other parts. Yeah. yeah. Prisoners and other parts. Spare parts. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that well, like spare cats? Could be. Well, let's uh, take a break and come back and talk about songs. So we've 
already touched on a few of the songs that we do and don't like and we've spoiled the fact that The Impossible Dream comes from this musical and has been performed by everyone everywhere all the time. Wait. Quite so. The Impossible Dream is from this show. I thought I thought this one had This Is The Moment in it. No, <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Have Four I done the wrong ago, show? Five weeks have ago. Have I done the wrong show? You'd better not God have. damn it. Okay, so... Miranda, tell us about the songs. Okay, the Man of La Marcha. As you mentioned before, music by Mitch Lee and lyrics by Joe Darian. The reason why you don't know their names, and particularly Joe Darian's name, is because he's not a very inventive lyricist. (laughs) (laughs) That is editorial. He also hasn't done much else in the way of lyrics. Yeah, because he's not... Good at it. Very good. <laughs> well, look, no, well, no, he to came be fair, in, to he be won fair, a Tony and he, he left undefeated. He didn't win a Tony for lyrics. <laughs> he he for best original yeah, score. He did. So music I, and lyrics. That's it's, no, that that music was carrying that, I'm fairly <laughs> sure. What I'm hearing is a hundred percent hit. <laughs> He's perfect. <laughs> okay, all right. Um to be fair, I will I will be fair. Um, I don't dislike the music in Manila Marcha and I don't even dislike the lyrics. They're just very simple. The rhymes yeah. are very simple. And obvious. And mm. obvious. Um, it's all, all the music and the lyrics, are, they're just simple. Well, I mean, we were talking about it before and it does seem a little bit derivative of the Rodgers and Hammerstein sort, sort of style. Of style. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So um, it it sounds it sounds a lot to me like if Rogers and Hammerstein had rewritten the opera Carmen. That's what I this can would see sound that, yeah. like. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that fits really well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm already. That's what this would be. Onto it. Yeah. She's a genius now. <laughs> I am. I am. Um, if you want a few other sort of uh, um, musical things to References. compare it to, um, it. It is very Rodgers and Hammerstein in its form, I think. The forms of the songs, there's, it's kind of, it's ballad heavy, mm, which is a, a, mm. an R&H thing. Um, the use of um, Spanish guitars and the Latin rhythms, like there's a fair bit of rumba and tango kind of um, things in there, a lot of use of... Uh, Snare drum and and Spanish guitar. Um, um, not a, little... a lot of like you say rumba and tango. The rhythms, not like the uh... just the beat behind yeah. the songs, not actually in the yeah, melody yeah. in any way. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why would you put it in the no, melody? No, no, we don't. We don't want to hear that Spanish business in there. Uh, no, they're they're much much too cheerful. <laughs> Actually, that that might be a little bit of it, yeah. Um, but it it's it sounds a little bit of Vita in parts, probably just because of the yeah. the Spanish mm. feel. Um, mm. There are bits of it that are a bit chess like. Um, we've already compared it to Jekyll and Hyde, yes. and that yeah. um, particularly some of the um, Aldonza. It feels very Lucy from Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. very yeah. bitter and well, that's what it's I mean. a similar character, but <laughs> it's it's all it's the same as very bring on the men. It's come out yeah. in the music in a very similar way as I well. I didn't even look at you, Julie. Don't look at me like that. I'm looking at you, to be like, how <laughs> do you compare this? Now you were Julie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's I not rubbish. Know. It's just it's like I said, I I feel like it's just a simpler version of what we're used to hearing. But if you look back at 
what was happening in the 60s. Mm. We were coming out of that 50s, the pyjama game and Rodgers and Hammerstein and all that sort of stuff, moving into the 60s where we start getting things that were a little bit more bigger and brassier. And yeah. So it, it was an oddity where it sat in time and I think that comes out in... In the product, anyway. Let's. I mean, talk a bit well, more about that's the thing. Like, it wasn't unpopular at the time. It I was... imagine it would be very popular, just the way Andrew Lloyd Webber is very popular, <laughs> because it's accessible. Yeah. It's easy to listen to. It's repetitive. The, it's got a lot of earworms and um, mm. melodies, very simple melodies that repeat in different songs. Yeah. Too. I mean, and, when it was first released, it was remounted. Twice within the next decade. Yeah. Mm. So, and it's based on what's considered like the, one of the greatest novels of all yeah. time. So that probably draws a lot. Yeah, of I don't really into understand it. that either. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give you. <laughs> That's so, your problem, right there. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's quite a number of songs. Um, there's quite a lot of short songs. There's there's not um, a lot of massive numbers. A lot of them feel like they were put of... in just to. Give a character a song. Yeah, like, and mm. oh, I'll sing a bit here and then we'll move on. Yeah, it feels a bit like that. Um, as far as what you might be familiar with or what you might know, or the um, Man of La Mancha, which is subtitled I, Don Quixote, um, is, it feels quite operatic. Like, that's what they've gone for. They've gone for make this sound as dramatic like and theatrical yeah. as, as, we, as, as we can. So that is, um, Obviously, the introduction of Don Quixote within the Fun story. Bit. Yeah, I grew up thinking that was a woman's song because my sister used to sing it around the house all the time. So until I did the research, I was like, "Oh my god, that's sung by a man! That makes so much sense." <laughs> man of La Mancha. Yeah. Well, we were looking at. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead. The Impossible Dream is yeah, like al- to it. almost fifty-fifty men and women. Mm. So as far as who's mm. recorded, who's recorded it, yeah, it yeah. yes. Um, uh, very soon after that, we meet uh, Aldonza. She sings a number with, presumably in the inn. Um, it's all the same where she talks about, you know, basically. What's the difference between one man and another? Yeah, yep. they're all the as same. As long as they pay me. Um, and it's <laughs> quite similar to the song that she sings in the second act where she tells her whole backstory. Um, Aldonza, very aptly named. Um, Aldonza, incidentally, it, Musically sounds very similar to I Don Quixote. Yes. The, yeah, <laughs> I don't think that was um, a mistake or was it? But uh, yeah, anyway. I think it's quite clever if it wasn't a mistake, considering like the idealism of I Don Quixote and the pessimism of yeah. Aldonza. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And to give them almost the same melody. Mm-hmm. So that you just get that harking back of this is who I am. Um, and she makes an interesting point in that where she says, I, I choose to do this, to be yes. this way and to yeah. live this life. Um, and Don Quixote is doing the same thing. I choose to be this. The exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. This made up character. Well, yeah, no, I choose to not accept reality and, and find something else. Do this better, something yeah. better. Yeah. Um, uh, then there's uh, Zane's favourite song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only thinking of him. Um, this is probably uh, 
one of the only songs. There's a few of them that do this, but um, probably the only interesting musical tool that is really used within these numbers is the sense of um, polyphonics, sort of, I guess, um, where characters are singing verses against each other yeah. and over each other. So there's multiple musical lines happening at once. Um, and that's most obvious in I'm Only Thinking of Him, which is the priest, the niece and her housekeeper. Um, this song really points out, this is the song that really makes it obvious that it's an old, older musical. Yeah. If this was rewritten today, this song would be so much shorter and punchier and I think would allow it to be... Or it wouldn't be a song. Well, I honestly... It's it would be a scene. A good part, yeah, it would be a scene or it would be like... And it certainly wouldn't have the three reprises that this song <laughs> does have. I think it would be the exact opposite. It would be like a snippet and then a snippet more and then a snippet more and then you'll have the actual song when the guy shows up. I'm only thinking of him, like when the Night of Mirrors shows up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe. Um, and that one in particular sounds like it's it's from the score of the Pajama Game. Yes. Um, no, no. I totally lie. I really like him, which Sancho (laughs) sings. Sounds like it's from the score of the pajama game. Matthew. Yes. Do you think this is written to be comedic? Like this whole show? I think in in the Man of La Manca context, yes, the story of Don Quixote is supposed to be comedic. Yes. It's It's about a fool. Yeah, it's about it's about a fool and and it's, but it's also kind of more idealistic. It's actually, I, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that back. I actually think this is supposed to be more tragic because in this, the Sancho and Don Quixote are more really painted as idealistic characters, yeah. and they're quite noble in their idealism and their and their kind of larger than life romanticism of everything. And I think one of the big, like, say, the impossible dream, I think, is the point when he lists least, he lists all of these amazing values. And yeah. that's when you stop laughing at him because you hear these values and you think, why not fight for these things? These are pretty great things that mm. he's chosen to dedicate himself to. Yeah, yeah. well, that's and what I mean. I think we you, have. I think mm. you hear that in the music in in Don Quixote and in The Impossible Dream. Mm. I don't think you hear it anywhere else. Because mm. you get, uh, I'm going to say, it's all the same. Mm. I really like him. Uh, what does he want of me in the Barber song? Even the, they're all. They could be played for comedy, but again, that's all in the first half. So yeah. maybe we're meant to get that in the first half and then it switches around to a bit more serious at the, in maybe. the second half. Yeah, and maybe the, you see the tragedy after. Mm. Yeah, and one thing that kind of confuses me, or not confuses me, but um, I found interesting, is in, in the book, Sancho follows Don Quixote because uh, the Quixote promises him that if he wins an island in battle, Sancho can be the governor of that island. But in this, they get rid of that like um, materialistic motivation, and it's like, I just like this guy. <laughs> I don't have a reason. I literally, so I just don't have, have a reason. Like yeah, yeah. Weird. That's a weird song. I find that song very strange. I really like him. He basically just spends the entire song repeating over and over again. I like him. Mm. I like him. Yeah. I really like him. I'll admit, as a fan of this musical, that song annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why bother? Why bother with that song? Well, it's come up a couple of times, but I think this is just a charm song. And I think it's just a song for Sancho. It's think. not even mm. a very charming charm song. No. Anyway, let's move on. Please, let's <laughs> move on. Um, uh, now, to each his dulcinea. Has it come before? 
To each his Dulcinea comes after the Barber song. Is that is that what you're asking? Is that the question? If it comes before what we presume is the end of the act, which is the impossible dream, Mm. it's just before. Yes. So, um, what I found weird about this song is this is the the priest who is hanging out with the niece and the housekeeper. Yep. He sings just the balladiest ballad in the entire score. This what I think (laughs) is meant to be like this. This beautiful, lovely song that feels like it should have been written as a love song, but it was given to the wrong character. I think I, I mean, this song to me is like I understand in the plot where it comes. He's, he's, but mm. it just feels musically incorrect. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a he's doing the right thing song. It feels like it should be a love song. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. But I the priest is always in this musical a an understanding person. He He's kind of on Don Quixote's side. It's just like he can see that he's mad, but he's mad in the right way. He's, mm. he's, he's not cynically he's good mad. person mad, yeah. not so. evil person mad. And I think that's what this song is about. Like it's not invisible to a good person what Don Quixote is doing. I, and that's its purpose yeah. in the story. But again, yeah. stylistically, it is it is weird. It feels like yeah. it's written wrong. It's and it's in a weird place it should be. as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, so now let's talk about The Impossible Dream. Let's. This uh, is the this is the moment of this show. Um, and it is the only uh, mm. number that has been recorded outside the show. By literally everyone. Over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So um, the show came out in 65. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the original. In 66, Jack Jones uh, did a commercial recording and this was the like billboard release of the, sh- of the, the pop number from the show. It had slightly different lyrics. Um, but it was released as from Man of La Mancha. It hit number 35 on the US Billboard 100 and number one on the adult contemporary chart, which I'm a little confused and scared <laughs> about. But I I suppose that's just a subsection of Must the be. Billboard. Uh, anyone can feel free to let us know if they know more about that. Um, so it was recorded... Um, 16 times at least in the 60s alone. In the 60s alone, that's so many commercial releases of a song from a show. You can't imagine that happening now. Like 16 people over the five years after Wicked opened, um, all singing The Wizard and I or Defying Gravity Mm. and commercially Mm. releasing it. That's just insane. Um, Also in 66, Frank Sinatra recorded it. <laughs> um, the rest of the 60s included uh, versions by The Temptations, Shirley Bassey. And Shirley Bassey's really fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. It's really fun to listen to that one. That. Shirley Bassey <laughs> dreamed the impossible dream, people. And you know who else did? Who? Elvis. Sure. Oh, sure. Sure. Oh, my God. Sure doing a one-woman show of this. 
Sign me it up. It would be great. <laughs> Again, I would watch that. It wouldn't would even, it wouldn't even be that. Woman of Lamanka. It would just be Cher of Lamanka. <laughs> it can be whatever it wants to be. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm keen to look up Cher's version or Cher's version um, and give that a good rip, roaring listen. Uh, so there's plenty versions of that song for you to choose from and it is definitely by far the best known song. And, and it's it, not a lot show of people, specific. Yeah, like you and a lot of people won't know what show it actually comes from, but they will know the song. Mm. So that's why I say it's the, this is the moment of this show. A lot mm-hmm. of people know that song, but they have no idea that it's from Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, what's Jekyll and Hyde? I don't know. Some people don't know. Julie. I know. She's a... <laughs> at the end of that sentence, that's a direct got quote. me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a wiki quote. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What other songs do we have? Uh, that's it. Then the that's second it. act happens and it's pretty much just the same shit. Um, <laughs> well, the uh, I actually would. the second the second act is a lot more reprises, um, reprises, <laughs> goddamn, and um, a lot more action happening through the songs, whereas the first half is a lot more character songs. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's a little bit more sort of plot happening in the second half. Night of Mirrors is a um, orchestral sequence. Aldonza's song Aldonza comes in yeah. in the second half, which we already spoke about. Um, and basically the rest of the show is reprise, 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 reprise finale. Correct, which is a reprise. Yeah, of the, of the Impossible Dream, Dream, sung by all the prisoners. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Everyone have fun with that. Well, Spanish well. guitar. Yeah. Win. So if you want to write um, a show, just... There are some great songs in here. Repeat Mm. a whole bunch of melodies, put in some very primary school lyric rhymes. My word. Add Spanish guitar. (laughs) What do you mean lyric rhymes? Just put in the same lyric over Over and and over over and over. Well, Matt, what is your favourite song from the show? Dream, the impossible dream... Just to spite you, I'm not going to say the impossible dream. Sing it, Miranda. At least sing it. (laughs) I like Miranda's version. (laughs) True to story. No, 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 no. No, that is. It's a good song. There's good music in there. Okay, it is the impossible dream. But I I also am a big fan of I Don Quixote, a Man of La Mancha title song, just because it paints him so instantly as a larger than life character, and it's. Quite, it's so uproarious, and yet it's like yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty yeah, rousing. It, yeah. It's rousing, and it yeah. it's uh, placed right at the beginning. Mm. I think what it accidentally does is builds up all the energy, <laughs> yes. and, then and then the rest away. of the show does not deliver. Correct, there, well, my favorite song is actually Aldonza. I think that that's a really great song and a really great uh, juxtaposition of two characters. Mm. And it actually, like, it's the 11th hour song of this show where it is pitting reality against fantasy in this one song. So I I think it's really well written Mm. and really entertaining. And at that point, it really tackles the philosophical kind of questions it's raising in a very simple, like, yeah, Mm. like manner that's like right there. Raises the right questions. That isn't musically challenging to listen to. Yeah. Like some of the other songs in the show. I I would really like to um, to see Stephen Sondheim's version of this. <laughs> it would be interesting. Yeah. Because I, I feel like what this lacks is 
there is so much imagination and creativity and inventiveness in the story within the story. Mm. And then you've got these layers of story and more characters around that. You've got so much to work with. And then the music isn't there. Just doesn't come to that same level. The mm. lyrics definitely don't. So at all. You know, to see what somebody like, oh, Stephen Schwartz is another good example. Mm. Who yeah. somebody who likes to work with plot, yeah. yeah, and and just a touch more intelligence, like like giving the audience a little bit of okay, I'm going to trust you that you're going to understand this, rather than just writing a show, <laughs> which is yeah. what I feel like happened. But at the same time, I completely understand that in the context of what was happening in the early 60s in musical theatre, this fit the market. Yeah. Absolutely Mm. fit the market. All right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk cast. So Man of La Mancha has been revived four times. Indeed. So we have a lot of cast to get through. Is that right, Julie? And we've got a movie as well. Mm, yes. All right. Double time it. <laughs> bam, the original, bam. Or, the original West End London production um, opened April 24th with Keith Mitchell starring and Joan, oh, really, Diana reprising her role. Reprising her role in the original production. In the original West End production. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the original, original production was... Uh, Richard good... Kelly, which we spoke about before, Richard Keeley. And that was the Goodspeed Opera House company theatre sure, people. Why yeah. can't it be? But he was in this, the first revival and the second revival as Cervantes Quixote. Wow. So yeah. he, he, were, he stuck with it. For a good good period of time, mm. yeah. um, and then he won. Yeah, when he was kind of Dunsies, he passed the baton to David Atkinson mm. for the national tour in '66. Um, who toured it in '68 as well? Oh, okay. Weirdly enough, just for the matinee performances, apparently. <laughs> 1968 national tour and for all the matinee performances in the oh sorry in the 70 tour 72 Broadway revival. How was he too old? I don't do evening which shows. Also, which, I don't do matinees. Okay, My which also like starred Keely. <laughs> so maybe they were like, oh, I'll take the matinees for you. I wonder if it was because it was such an exhausting character. Is it though? It's an exhausting well, show. Like Rex Harrison was, it was actually written for Rex Harrison to be Quixote originally, but because, and oh, he'd just he done like. He would be awful. He would be awful. Well, <laughs> yeah. imagine him trying to sing The Impossible Dream. I read I'm this as well. Sorry. And that's, that's why he dropped out because it was too musically challenging. Mm. Like, because he couldn't sing. He can't sing. He only speaks things. But, speak sing all the way through the impossible dream. He did it all the way through in My Fair Lady. Yeah, but all his songs were like patter songs essentially. Mm. Mm, yes, very true. I, I can see I can would definitely pay see good money <laughs> now to hear Rex Harris <laughs> like make impossible dream into a patter song. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be William Shatner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now I would also pay to hear William Shatner do it. <laughs> anyway, so the original cast also included Iving Jacobson as Sancho, Ray Middleton as the innkeeper, Robert Rousenville as Padre, and Joan Diana as Eldonza. So then 
Then she went on to do the West End, mm-hmm. coming off Broadway. John Callum, Hal Holbrook, and Lloyd Bridges also played Cervantes and Don Quixote during the run of the production. And it does seem to get passed around. It must. There must be. It must be boring to play too. No, I was going to say it must be exhausting. <laughs> oh. it's, a, it's a big role in the show. And there's a right. lot of talking, a lot of scene work. Like it's not a particular. It's, it's just not a that particularly lot of scene on stage constantly yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. No one ever leaves because mm. they're in a prison cell. So everyone's oh, on stage it's the like, whole time. Chorus line. We yeah. just don't get to leave. You don't get to leave. You don't get off stage oh. time. I'm not a good enough actress for that kind of thing. <laughs> You've done a chorus line. I went off stage. Oh, not as a dancer, right. Dear okay. directors everywhere, <laughs> Julie's not a good enough actor for that sort of shit. <laughs> Sincerely, musicals taught me everything I know. I didn't know you were doing the letters now. Well, Julie wouldn't pen that me. one. <laughs> when it's regarding me, I can't, I don't really feel like I should be writing it. Anyway, so then it moved, when it moved on to West End in 68... Keith Mitchell starred as um, Dude Face Everything. And Joan... <laughs> He's called Cervantes slash Quixote. <laughs> He's called so many other things, really. Um, Alonzo? Yeah. That's another one. It's true. just so stupid. <laughs> anyway, Joan, old Joni mate, reprised her role. And Bernard Spear came in as Sancho. Can we talk right now no. about the 92... Broadway No, revival. because we've got to get through 72, 77. We don't have to, though. If <laughs> it's just boring, then no one knows. I'm just really excited about who, who came okay. out in 92. You know what? It's mostly Richard Keeley anyway, so let's skip right down to 1992. <laughs> With, oh, you mean you mean old mate, old mate Raul, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Raul Julia as Cervantes and Quixote slash Quixote. And his Alfonso. <laughs> Sheena Easton. Friend of the show, Sheena Easton. Friend of the Ooh, show, Sheena Easton. As Alonza Dulcinea. Yeah. We've had an argument about her before, right? Yeah, because we had no idea who Caused she was. Me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, had a, we had a couple friends of the show express shock and disappointment that we did not immediately know who Sheena Easton is. Since then... Friends of the show because they, they must have been our Patreons. That argument was in Cats. Was it? It was. Well. Oh, boy, the plus thickens. The super <laughs> friends of the show. Super friends of the show have heard that argument because it was in Cats. So since then, we've done our research <laughs> and we know who Sheena Easton is and we realised that we were actually a fan of some of her work. We just didn't know who, what her name was off the top of our heads. But yeah. guess what? What? Easton was replaced. <gasps> oh, no. By Old sure. Mate Joan. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my Joan came back in again. She just could not get enough of the role. Um, well, then, but that, that revival was the shortest. Yeah, 108. The, the 92, yes. 108. Yeah, so yeah. majority of them cracked over 200 performances or almost 140, 50, yeah. if not 200, and that was only 108. So everyone was done with it in 92. Do not blame them. And then the movie, of course. Oh, my God, 2002 ran for 304 performances. What mm. on earth? Because it's good. <laughs> oh, man, alive. Um, again, the cast, there was, there was cast in, that sh- in 2002. Let's there just sure put it was. There usually is. <laughs> Brian Stokes Mitchell as Cervantes and Quixote. Mary Elizabeth Mastrian. Oh, wow, Mastrantonio. Mary El- Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Oh, there you go. As Aldonza. What else um, has she done? Because her know. voice sounds so familiar to me. She was 
she was either in Thor 2 or the upcoming Thor Ragnarok movies. Really? What? I'm not sure. I don't think that's why Miranda thought no. her voice sounded uh, familiar. And also... I, like, I don't think I've 80, seen a Thor movie that hasn't been released In yet. 82, she's a film actress. She was okay. in Scarface. All right. I haven't seen oh, that. Who, who is she in Scarface? <sighs> Look, that, that is that is pushing the limits of <laughs> she my was, database. No, she was Telling that, me everything. That chick with that. She had a face. She, she was wasn't Michelle it. Pfeiffer. Mm. She wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. Okay, so was she? Most um, people aren't. Was she like um? She might Scarface's have been, sister. She might yeah. have been. Yes, uh, Mon- Tony Montana. Sorry for yeah. you, filmophiles. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Annie Sabella. We were just really excited about Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Really were. She's got a great name. It's fantastic. Congratulations, Annie Sabella as Sancho. Um, and then Marin Mazzi took over from uh, Elizabeth later on in the run. Yep. Um, but yes, so that is many and mostly the original cast returning. Yeah. Of mm. um, stage. Then we have the film, which is very different. <laughs> that was not too different. They're just not, they weren't Well, it's just not show. Richard Keeley. Yeah. yeah. It's Peter O'Toole. Um, With voice dubbed. Yes, mm. so Peter O'Toole as the physical Don Quixote, um, but Simon Gilbert singing for him. Yeah. Um, and then we, I really love is Sophia Loren. <laughs> it's Alfonso. I don't <laughs> know Alfonso. why. I just love it. I just think it's really lovely. It is, it is interesting. Mm. I think it's Though I will fantastic. say, uh, what's his face? Uh, Sancho in this in the movie James Coco. James Coco. He is the only Sancho I can picture in my head. Whenever anyone's mm-hmm. singing it, I can only picture him. Same. Yeah. yeah. So Elizabeth, I'm sorry to jump back. Oh no! What did I do? She was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Why would you not mention that instead of Scarface? I'm Robin sorry. We have just thieves. recently yes. reviewed Scarface, so I knew. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I only know Robin Hood Men in Tights. And she did, in Damn fact, right. win, <laughs> she did win the Tony Award for Best mm. Actress in a Musical for her Broadway revival, Men of La Mancha. She yeah. won. Well done for that. Well, there you go. Yeah, good on her. Yeah, you. Yeah, she um, well, she made her Broadway debut in 1980 in a revival of West Side Story. Ta-da-da-da. So there you go. So, but there is always uh, a studio recording of the score. I don't know if you're going to get to this, where Sancho was sung by uh, Mandy Patinkin. I wasn't, so go for it. Yeah, well, Ooh. that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> That's yeah. that's the only name that I really wanted to get in there because yeah. I think that's a really interesting choice. I think he would not do that Quixote, well. not Quixote. No, yeah, uh, Quixote was uh, Placido Domingo. Oh, it's a it's that's weird why choice, it was right? a studio recording. Yeah. Is that okay? It's kind of weird who gets cast as Sancho because there was a failed production by Terry Gilliam of Don Quixote, and they cast Johnny Depp. Uh, Sancho Panza. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad that film failed. Man, yeah. Why? What is it I, with people in this musical? Well, you know what? You know what? Let's talk about our dream cast, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. Okay, so we've talked about what casts have done it. Let's talk about what cast we want to do it. Can I go first? Yeah. Yes. N- indeed. Don Quixote, Bill Nye. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll pay that. 
I don't know what he would sound like singing in the Impossible I Dream. Also, but I don't. I don't yeah, care. that's uh, Pancho, uh, uh, Sancho. Not sorry, Sancho Panza, uh, Stephen Fry. Again, <laughs> don't know how he how he can sing, but uh, yeah. I, I'm going like a vocally ambiguous <laughs> version of it. It's a real gamble. Um, this production. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Nathan Lane would also make a. A perfect uh, Sancho. We cast Ooh. him in every show because he's so good at everything. <gasps> wow! So he is. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> just getting sick of his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, so that's that's mine. Um, I mean, I would really love to see a Judy Dench as Aldonza. I, again, maybe twenty Too years old. ago. Yeah, Too she, old. she yeah. she's aged out of it. I think Aldonza could go right up to about fifty. Why she not? Doesn't have to well, I guess she has to pair with Coyote. Yes. Well, he calls her. She just has to be younger than him, and he's meant to be an older gentleman. So I think she could be anywhere from twenty to fifty uh, playable age. So I think you could put someone really interesting in there. Yeah, and um, it would probably make his delusion that she she is this like Dulcinea, Dulcinea kind yeah. of paragon. All the more powerful if she isn't like yeah, traditionally yeah. like Hollywood starlet young kind of. Yeah. yeah. You'll I, note I haven't got any young men in my cast for a reason. Because Zach Efron's playing them all. <laughs> <laughs> a one man Zach Efron show. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Really? Yes, I don't think I don't any know. of them are shirtless. Big They're prisoners. <laughs> and, and, well, oh. Do you want? Do you want I, to put honestly, Zac Efron I, in a rape scene? No, honestly, I don't think Zach has yeah. a role in this show. I'll watch it. I know that's controversial. I'm sorry, Julie, but I don't believe there's any role he for him in this show. He doesn't have a role in this show. He has roles in good shows. Ooh, he, he, oh, burn! He could be the. He could be Padre. I don't. It, it's no. fine. I, I, he doesn't have to be in it. I'll just think of him if I ever have. Happen to have to watch the show, so you're only <laughs> thinking of him. Yeah, and I'm putting him in every other song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, you suggested it. Who would you like to see in it? Oh, well, I reckon uh, Kevin Klein would make a really good Don Quixote. Yeah, I, I'd like. That's, to see that's him a good return. choice. Yay! I'd love that to see him to return to Broadway. <laughs> um, I had a lot of trouble choosing uh, a Sancho, but maybe Josh Gad. Oh yeah, that would definitely up the comedy. Mm. Yeah, I, I could yeah. see it. I think yeah. you could play it. And um, I thought for the cynical kind of doctor who tries to make him go, regain his sanity, I thought Daniel Radcliffe would be a pretty good choice. Yeah, he could play a really kind of young, ambitious cynic. And ah, oh, mm. what about like uh, what is his name? Is it Zachary? Zachary Levi? Oh, Zachary Levi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if he sings. Does he sing? I don't know if he sings. He, he does sing. He was yeah. entangled yeah. as Flynn Rider. Oh, hey, And yeah. he's in She Loves Me. That's a way Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Miranda, any thoughts or other than no Zach Efron? I have the best dream cast. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah? Go for it. You ready? Yeah. So... As Don Quixote slash Cervantes slash Alonso is um, Kermit. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Miss Piggy as uh, Eldonza. And then um, I'm tossing up between um, 
either Gonzo or Fozzie. Fozzie for Sancho. Not sure yet. Fozzie. I've got to go Fozzie. Definitely go Fozzie. Fozzie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's and the best then friend. The innkeeper mm. slash governor. I don't care about that. Could probably go Sam the Eagle. No, <laughs> no, the Swedish chef. Yes. Sam the Eagle has to be the Inquisition. Oh, of course. Yeah. What was, um, what was Padre, I thinking? I think, should be probably Beaker. Beaker. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think it makes the script a little bit more interesting. Scientist, mm. priest, pretty yeah. much the same thing. Yeah. And he, I, <laughs> not, but not, not Bunsen? I reckon Beaker would make only thinking of him less annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I would love that version. <laughs> um. Yes, that's better. <laughs> um, yeah, basically all Muppets would make me so much. Oh, and I would like, um, oh, but then I kind of want, no, I'm, I'm going to have Animal as the barber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. See? Yep. Much better musical when done it's, it's with It's definitely, it, that it puts it right in the comedy, which I think is what this musical needs. It really needs kind a of a real more star comedy. Kick up the comedy ass. Yeah. That's what it needs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep, I'm so happy enough. with my dream cast. I'm just glad Scooter's not a part of that Muppet Ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> I want it on record. I hate Scooter. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, actually, now that you say it, you kind of remind me of Scooter. Don't you dare. <laughs> I will leave. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> I'm oh, going to no. cry. Come back, Matt. Come back. <laughs> Uh, shall we move on to our top five list? Yeah. yeah. What top five lists would Man of La Mancha belong on? Um, are we putting it in top five shows within a show? I don't think so. I think, that, I think that top five list is really full right at the it's moment. It's full of better musicals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm really hitting against yeah, that. Right. <laughs> I would, I would so put on. it in top five musicals adapted from classical texts. Hmm. Oh. Can I ask, I'd agree with is that. it meant to kind of, some part of it be like Lazarus and the Rich Man? Like from I, the Bible? Maybe. I don't maybe. think so. And, um, You'd have to ask Cervantes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Cervantes, <laughs> yeah. send him an email. <laughs> um, uh, top five musicals of 1965. <laughs> well, there was only four. So. Well, it was voted <laughs> um, top five musicals by Andrew Lloyd Webber that Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't write. Why is this by Andrew Lloyd Webber? Top. What am I missing? Because it's, it's simple it's and S- popular. Ah, yeah. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, a very simplistic kind of summary of Andrew Lloyd Webb. Yeah. <laughs> Top five musicals that bore the pants off me. Oh. <laughs> I, I think if you, were, if you were watching the show rather than just listening to I the movie. I was music, watching the show. Not the movie. Mm-hmm. Not the movie. I watched a stage version on YouTube. Oh, okay. Which was a professional stage version. Oh. And pants came right off. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got so bored that usually that lit off me. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, usually it's a sign of someone really enjoying it. No, they're no. like, I can't do it anymore. And they just split <laughs> off what? me. They melt off lazily. What about <laughs> top five musicals set in a prison? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's mm. probably number Chicago. five. Chicago. <laughs> like, I can, I can name the good ones if we want. Uh, there are a few. Is it just Chicago? Mm, 
How many well, of them? Kiss of the Spider Woman. Some of the producers is in a prison. <laughs> Although I wouldn't say it's set in a prison. Though. It's not set yeah. in a prison, but at least two scenes are. Uh, what about our top five musicals with an elder lead? An elderly lead? Yeah, because yeah. he is meant to be quite old. Okay. I'd, I'd put it on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. An aged lead. Mm-hmm. Aged. Top five musicals featuring a whore? No. Oh, Again, no. we've like that <laughs> list is too long. It's like too just many. a whore. <laughs> Maybe top five musicals featuring a Spanish whore? A, a, no. a bar wench slash prostitute. Part time prostitute. Part time prostitute. That that shortens the list In to a lead about, role. about five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe musicals with the inclusion of rape. Top five musicals with the inclusion <laughs> oh, of rape. Yeah. I, don't just, I, I feel like we can't five. have a top five yeah. of that. But it doesn't have to be a good top five. Top, top about five it. can be a negative What thing. about like the most wanted list? Yeah. Top five musicals <laughs> with an uh, Madonna <laughs> Hall complex. Because it's, it's literally Madonna Hall. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant Madonna. Like, I know I got really excited until we talked about Madonna for a bit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can get on board with this chat. What? Madonna is a whore's name. I don't think she, she's very successful. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think she, she has would need to sell to her body. No. Although, anyway. Um, is that it? Well, oh. how would we go with top five uh, musical entities? That really sell the Spanish theme. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of that many. But then again, maybe that's just a black hole in my specific knowledge. If you yeah, have, I, I got Carmen, Manuel Mancha. What about nine? Argentina. Was Don Juan well, ever revitalized well. as like a more modern musical? Or was Don that Juan. Or was it exclusively opera? Oh, it was staged in the 1600s or whenever yeah, yeah. When that was set. What about top five musicals based on a philosophical uh, idea? I'd put it in there. If you might. Okay, sure. Check it in. <laughs> Yay, philosophy. <laughs> I can only think of. Honestly, I can only think of your in town that is like really blatant. <clears throat> it's like as blatant as this. Maybe lame is, but it's very well hidden. I'd say that probably sits more in a political market. Than True. Philosophical. Anyway, mm. yeah. Um, All right. Are we yeah. done? I think we're done. Yeah. That's what. That's those are the top five lists. Let's take a break and come back with the lessons we've learned. So the lessons that Man of La Mancha wants you to learn is the lesson of idealism, yeah, the philo- philosophy of idealism. Yeah. That fighting against inevitable odds and just doing what's right will have some small benefit. Uh, sure. Or large yeah. benefit. What is, it, what, large. Okay, no, it will just wait. make you a good person. What, what's the benefit? Mm-hmm. Trying to save the book. No, the benefit was turning Dulcinea's life around. From being... Yeah. Oh, I don't know which story. Yeah, okay, I'm with like you. Making her believe that she yeah. could be more than she was and she could aspire to do that now. And Thanks another lesson Quixote. we can learn is something, something, expect the Spanish Inquisition. 
<laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what we learn about the Spanish Inquisition, but it's, we have probably learned something. <laughs> I don't think it's really about that. Well, it is. I, I think the idea of idealism and the cynicism kind of ties into the the theme of religious persecution a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it is kind of framed as he wrote this story about that issue. So, yeah, the idealism ties into the political situation of the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. But let's make some funny jokes about lessons we learned. <laughs> um, there's a lot of pressure to be funny now. I, I learned I that sidekicks are probably better off if they're dumb. They're this always dumb. Or they're incredibly smart playing dumb. This isn't one of those cases, but... <laughs> yeah. He gets nothing from this. <laughs> <laughs> but I like him. I really like him. Leo Bloom's not dumb or, or pretending to be dumb. He's not a sidekick. I'd definitely call him a sidekick. Mm-hmm. At least he starts We're out getting as off a track here. Please focus on the lessons we've learned from Lesson Man five. of La Mancha. Well, up dry. Uh, the origin of the phrase tilting windmills. That's oh, a good yeah. Lesson. Actually, yeah. Okay, I genuinely Tilting at that windmills. Today. Tilting at windmills. That's, that's what Tilting I said, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and Julie's going to make a, make a song about it, or are you, uh, or are you singing a song that exists? <laughs> I'm singing a song that exists. Oh, I'm okay. singing Waving Through Windows. Oh, okay. But I changed that's, it to Tilting at yeah, Windmills. That, that, that's mm. not that part, that song. I get okay. it. I'm, I'm totally listening. We're hip. <laughs> <laughs> We're cool. Um, I, I learned that... It's an interesting face that you're pulling. <laughs> Which our audience cannot see. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. You you learned that you don't know. I don't know. Did you learn anything about yourself while having to think about? I look. To be honest, I think that my first experience of this show was a negative one, and I've somewhat taken it out on the show ever since. Not that it was necessarily the show's fault. <laughs> um. So I guess what I learned in Revisiting it is that perhaps you shouldn't judge Cervantes' book by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps there's more to the madman than meets the eye. Perhaps. (laughs) That's the worst. What I I learned was because the second that uh, he is sane, he ends up on a deathbed. Yeah. Just deny reality all the time and live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Done. I can do that. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 uh, Call it on that one, and we'll come back with uh, the plugs. Okay, Matt, so what are you doing? What's going up? What have you got to plug? Alrighty. Well, um, as mentioned, I'm a writer and filmmaker and, and actor. I'm not doing too much in the acting department at the moment, but what Why I... Why not? Ah, oh, just, you know... Like waiting, waiting for the right show. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> Just waiting for a show to fall into my lap. You know, let the auditions come to me. That'll always work. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's what I've heard. But um, I'm releasing, uh, I'm launching my new blog, uh, Will with a Quill, which will be about my 
the stories that I will be publishing to magazines and some of the shenanigans I go on, like a 1,000-kilometer trip to the West in a 1999 panel van. Is that something you have done or something you will be doing? It's, um, it's online now, but I'm still writing a lot of the essays. <laughs> so, well, okay, so... Not the question. So you, that was not the question. You have done it yeah. and you're writing about it now. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Oh, right, you're right, insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, we lived on entirely on boiled potatoes and eggs and what we called cocoa orbits, which was an eighty cent co- um, cocoa ball and um, cocoa pops knockoff that was a luxury. <laughs> okay, good. I ate it raw like real men. <laughs> so we'll we'll put a link to that blog yep. in the show notes. Um, uh, Following and on that blog will be also an essay about a web series that I've made last year that is now on YouTube called The Bearded Crab, a fantasy comedy about um, a Viking who is trapped in a tavern with the plague and seven fantasy, fantasy outcasts. That sounds mind boggling. Oh, it is. <laughs> so we'll link to that as well. Thank you very much. No, no problem. Well, thank, thank you for coming. Um, if you have any questions or comments for any of us or for Matt, feel free to find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Musicals Teach Me. You can send us an email, which Julie will read and possibly <laughs> reply to it. Musicals Taught Me Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely reply to. Now, Matt, do you have an iPhone? I have a Samsung Galaxy. You are dead to me. Download oh. the Stitcher app. Okay. And subscribe to us there and you can re- re- review and rate us there. Now, <laughs> I will let everyone know that if you want to give us a rating and review, which really helps iTunes push us, you should, in the new uh, operating system, you just have to subscribe to us and scroll down and you'll just be a rating and review option right there. Just click five stars, give us a review if you want to do that and it's as easy as that. Now, if you are feeling super generous and you've already given us a rating and review, you can go to patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know and give us even more. As little as $1 a month will help us keep putting these out and get you a whole bunch of sweet extra rewards, including weekly doodles from Julie. Okay, drawings. she doesn't want to say drawings. anything like that. No. <laughs> drawings. Drawings. I prefer to call them drawings. Um, silly you know little drawings. Silly little drawings. I don't give anyone my doodle. Right, okay. And you also get access to the infamous Cats episode, <laughs> uh, which was one of our two test episodes, which is up there unedited for everyone to hear what exactly what goes on in the room when we record. And, yeah, so we super appreciate everyone who does that. Tune in next Friday for another musical. I'm blanking on what it is. Check our schedule. It'll be great. All right, thanks for being, joining us, Matt. No problem. My pleasure. I have been Zane C. Weber. With me at the table, Julia Asdentrager, Miranda Selwood. We'll see you next week. Bye. I should have said and. Farewell. And Miranda Selwood.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.